The recognition. My name's Neely. I'm here with Kaylee Savona. Kaylee, how are you? Not too shabby. I'm a little sore from soccer. Okay, soccer. But, Walk me through it. But doing well. Um, I'm playing in an, a, a fun adult league indoor, okay. and it's great. It's really fun to, to be doing sports in my mid twenties. It just mm-hmm. feels accomplishing. Mm-hmm. Even, the, the soreness is good, I'd say. I have an important question. In this adult soccer league, um, do you still enjoy orange slices at halftime? Mm. No, but even better, our team captain, which is just one of my friends, he brings um, drumsticks or like, what do you call it? Luigi ice, those like lemonade ice things. And he'll give a stick of the game every week to someone that he thought was the best player or they did this or they were improved. So it's really cute. And everyone gets excited. We all get to eat the ice cream still, but it's, it's a good time. Okay, great. That's great. Yeah. Um, does he bring a cooler or anything? Or is yeah, it just yeah, like a little they're melted? They're not melty. <laughs> they're in a cooler. <laughs> Hi, here's some melted ice cream. Thanks for your contribution. Well, Kaylee, as always, you are perusing the webs uh, for helpful information for our HR and people leaders. Uh, what did you bring to the table this time? So I have for us today 10 HR metrics that every company should track. So when I came across this, it to me felt more nuts and boltsy. Like these are the black and white things you should be looking at. Um in HR. So I don't know. Let's get into it. You know, you know, I just, I love talking nerdy, you know that, but, um, (laughs) you know, I think as we went through this list, I I think, you know, we've had similar conversations at least here on, yeah, it would make sense to track that. I don't quite know how to get there though. Mm So, you know, some of these, as we go through them, um, you know, it's kind of like a, a, like a bingo card, right? It's like, yes, we do actively track that, or that's actually on the list of things we want to go and track. So just a helpful reminder or, or a list of uh, metrics to track. This is really, you know, to have those more business conversations, whether that's with finance or with executive leadership on the true ROI of the business altogether. Uh, I think it, we do get into, um, you know, later on that I think people costs are like 70% of the total cost of, a, of an organization, obviously depending on what industry you're in. But it's not it's not free, right? I mean, it's a significant... Um, cost uh, to the business that folks that are in um, focused on margin that are focused on net operating profit, um, you know, having a handle on these metrics and the areas that you control will be helpful for those conversations and for you to have a better understanding on how you're impacting the business health altogether. So, Kaylee, why don't you start us off with number one? For sure, number one, um, headcount. You did just mention that. of organizations budget tends to be for the people. So obviously this is very important to know how many people do you have? Do you have enough people to accomplish the goals that you want to accomplish? Um, And it's important to keep in mind that this is not necessarily just full-time employees. It could have to do with part-time employees, contingent workers, gig workers, all that jazz. Yeah. So having an overall understanding of the landscape of the people that work for you, a good place to start. Awesome. Uh, I'll take number two. Uh, number two, turnover. Uh, everybody should be focused or concerned about turnover. Uh, it's obviously different from industry to industry, but the estimates here are that the cost to replace somebody could be two to three times that person's annual salary. Um, that's no joke, right? So 
uh, the importance of retention, uh, which is tied to turnover, um, keeping the person in the seats doing the job and doing the job well in a way that they are engaged and happy uh, is incredibly important to affect this metric. What's interesting as well, um, trying to predict resignation. So you kind of have a historical turnover rate and maybe you already have it nailed down into certain teams in the organization that may have a higher turnover rate than others. So there is a way to predict your resignation rate. There's also this fun stat. Uh, it's not on our list here, but the regrettable resignations. So maybe the people that are on a performance plan, people that are underperforming or slacking or, or doing those kind of things, if they do end up resigning, you know, you could classify as regret regrettable resignation or like, you know, true resignation uh, as a way to dive into that even further. But turnover, definitely something that should be top of mind for your organization. Yeah, certainly. Um, number three is diversity. And I think diversity is actually very tied to um, recruiting and retention as well, because actually 76% of employees that are seeking jobs say that diversity is important when they're thinking about accepting an offer. So that is a lot of people. Um, and when we're talking diversity, that's kind of easier to imagine. That's like what ethnicities are represented? How many females versus males do you have? What age categories do all of your people fall in? Um, so that's a little bit easier to track. But then I think there's the less easy to track parts of DEI and B, as we call it. So the equity, inclusion, and belonging. And all of those are important, I think, tie back to the diversity. Um, I think another notable thing to consider that's not listed here is accessibility. That's something that we talked about with Germany Thompson. So making sure that all of your employees, no matter what their capabilities and abilities are, have um, equal opportunities to thrive in your workplace. Um, and another thing to note is that this is going to look different at every location. So what a minority might be in one geographical location may be the majority in another. So definitely things to think about when you're looking at your own company's metrics. Mm -hmm. Good point. Uh, next is compensation. I get to talk about money. This is great. <laughs> I love how this worked out. Uh, you know, this is, this, you can break it down to a pretty simple uh, range. So compa ratio, uh, how their salary lands on a salary range what their minimum midpoint and max would be for that range. You have a lot of external factors you need to consider there. And then along the grades or bands, uh, how are those all stacking up against each other? What is the rate of progression? What are the minimum or maximum salaries offered uh, at each um, grade or band? Just important stuff to think about. Money's no joke. Um, you know, con compensations consistently ranks at the top uh, of the reasons why people leave their job. Either there's not enough there's not a clear path for advancement um, or just overall feeling disrespected, like their their pay rate in their mind does not reflect how much work they are putting in or how much value they have to the company. So compensation, quite a big deal, especially from the employee's perspective. Yeah, compensation obviously matters. And it's a piece of our next metric, which is total cost of workforce. Um, so this obviously has a lot of different things that goes into it. We've got our people, which does include things like compensation, but it's also the things like what it what was the cost to recruit and train them and onboard them, um, insurance costs. And then in addition to your people, you also have your overhead. Um, so obviously the cost to manage those people that you've gotten in the door and trained and everything. And of course, your facilities. So the office space that you're renting and all of those utilities and everything that goes into maintaining that space. It's important to look at everything in a holistic way in order to be able to plan 
how you're going to be efficient in spending your money and creating your budget. Awesome. T-Cow. T-Cow. Check. Uh, next thing we want to talk about is spans and layers. Uh, this is really just a complicated way to talk about the org chart. Okay, so for those keeping track at home, a span uh, is the width of the org chart. So basically how many direct reports uh, for each manager. And then a layer is the number of supervisory layers in the total organization. So we've heard of companies being flat. Uh, a flat company is those with fewer layers, but probably going to be a wider span, right? So you have larger teams reporting um, to those direct managers. I think for larger organizations, this comes into play when you're talking about interdependency. So how are departments working with each other, especially when you're talking about key metrics uh, of individual performance and team performance. Um, productivity overall, so what is the expected outcome? Uh, what is the type of work? Uh, and then how are we driving to the bottom line with uh, the KPIs that are put on each of those teams? And then overall, you know, we just went through this uh, exercise as well, is finding a way for each team member individually and then a team as a whole to have KPIs so that they know on a weekly, monthly, annual basis if they're quantitatively doing a good job or not. Um, I think what's really awesome about this, obviously we have a smaller company, it's easier to do these kind of things, um, but we are able to go month by month and report on each of these KPIs by individual and by department and do a health check on the business from a quantitative perspective. Um, so if you can get to that level of granularity with your individual KPIs and your metrics, and then you overlay them on your org chart, uh, that's all going to roll up into the total health of the business, and it's really kind of cool. Wow, you sound so smart. I'm super that smart. That was like really that was I have really a coat good. on. I've got glasses. <laughs> Even though they give me a headache, the glasses are working. It's fine. It's fine. Um, well, next is employee engagement. And this one, it kind of goes without saying on this podcast that it's important. We talk about it probably just about every single episode. Mm -hmm. um, but just some reminders of how important it is. Um, higher employee engagement scores correlate with higher productivity. So when your employees are more engaged, they're going to be working better, they're going to be less burnt out, more effective, um, and there's going to be less turnover overall. And I think something that I just want to bring up is a great point that Steve Brown had in our last episode with him, which is that there's a difference between like engaging activities and actually connecting with your employees. So just like having a milkshake Friday is great and all, and it might engage your employees, but they still need to be personally connecting um, with their managers and with each other. So it's not just about having those engagement activities in place, but engaging them in a more meaningful way as well. You know what's incredible about that is, you know, one of the tactics to get at what your employee engagement rate is, is an ENPS score. So it's basically a single question. Uh, how likely are you to recommend our organization as a place to work? There are, oh boy, there are companies that teach to the test, if you know what I mean. Like <laughs> they are aiming to have a high ENPS score um, because they want to run down all the reasons why you, as an individual, would want to recommend your organization as a place to work. In the same way, some people go to the Gallup Q12 and then have tactics aimed at each of those questions so they perform higher on the test. Um, if you're one of those companies, I'm not calling you out. I'm saying to Steve Brown's point. Uh, Higher level, fluffy, clearly strategic methods to get better test results are not a true reflection of your actual employee engagement. You need to have better on the ground, one-on-one -on -one connections and conversations with managers and with team members. That's going to truly dictate how 
engage your employees are, and then that's going to roll into productivity, tenure, retention rate, those other important metrics. So just something to keep in mind that even though ENPS is is popular and definitely needs to happen, just mm-hmm. the same as the the Q12, um, they do not tell the whole story, especially if your HR team is aimed at inflating those results. Whew. Okay, so sorry if I put anybody on blast there, uh, <laughs> but that, that got at me. Like I said, it's a it's a it's a topic of passion around here. Uh, next one, uh, number eight, talent acquisition. Um, so I, again, another Steve Brown point. It's you know talent acquisition feels like it's recruiting, and I get them pre-boarded and they pass their test and they're ready to start, and then bam, I'm done. Um, you know, talent acquisition needs to go through um, at least the first ninety days. You know, you need to track you know the quality uh, of the hire. Um, in new hire failure rate, are they able to make it to their first 90 days? Again, depending on the industry, this is going to be drastically different on how how successful you are in having a new person make it to their 90 days. Um, but total applications per role. This goes back to employee engagement as well. If you have current happy employees that are willing to leave positive reviews on Indeed, on Glassdoor, on Facebook, I don't know where the kids are, all those places are going to lead to your total applications per job. Do people want to come and work for your company? Um, so all of these things are kind of intertwined, but to have a good handle on these talent acquisition measures because that is sort of the entry point for all of your talent and how they will affect all of these other key metrics. Yeah, and we have yet another intertwined point next, which is learning and development. Um, Because I think we've talked a lot about how, or at least I've blogged a lot about how learning and development is one of the top ways that people want to be engaged. It's one of the top things that keeps people happy at companies. Um, They want to keep learning and growing. And I think the stat here is 32% of employees who've changed jobs within the last year, they did it so they could learn new skills. Um, I think there's a lot to come out of learning and development, whether that's um, someone keeps growing in their individual role. It could lead to promotions. It could be that there's internal mobility happening. So someone realizes, oh, I'm kind of interested in that department over there. Can I dip my toes in that water? And you're like, sure, I'd love for you to do that. So it's definitely a little bit more of working with the employee to figure out what they're passionate about and where their skills can be improved and where the strengths they already have can be useful in the organization. Yeah, I think one of the double-edged swords here is your top performing talent is likely going to have the characteristics of curiosity and drive. So they're going to want to continue on that improvement journey, both personally and professionally. Um, So this is also a risk area if you do not have a strong learning and development curriculum available that you may lose that top talent because they're not feeling challenged at work. They're not feeling as if there's a shared future in the organization because they have topped out and there's nowhere else to go. Um, so something to consider, especially on a retention play of top talent, uh, the L&D is going to play a big role uh, in that as well. Okay, 10 of 10 workforce planning. This is kind of um, a summary of all the previous nine plus tons of other metrics. It's essentially how you're trying to forecast how many and what kind of workers your organization is going to need over a certain time period. Um, This is going to take into account several things. So absenteeism, again, if you have a daily output or production uh, projection, if somebody's not showing up to work, that's going to affect that ability to produce. So absenteeism, depending on the industry, a huge impact. Obviously, your attrition and your turnover rates. 
um, the time to proficiency for new hires. So how long is that on ramp before that person is contributing in a meaningful way? Uh, your average tenure and seniority. Um, so how long are you able to keep team members? Um, which also impacts the time to proficiency for new hires because if you have uh, that tribal knowledge that is there in addition to the traditional onboarding and training, uh, super helpful there. And then finally, skills coverage. So are there any gaps in the organization uh, as you are trying to predict the turnover? Is it in an area where there is redundancy that the organization can continue as you're backfilling or, or what are the gaps uh, there? So all, overall, total workforce planning, making sure that the engine can continue to hum uh, as people come and go. Mm -hmm. So we also have here, it's a surprise for Ooh, our listeners, I love five surprises. advanced metrics. Uh, I'm not surprised. I read so, it. I read you, the you read it. You okay. read it. But they might be surprised that we have five additional ones. Wait, 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 um, wait, wait, wait. What did the janitor say when he came out of the closet? <laughs> Supplies. Supplies. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's okay, good sorry one. to interrupt. Nice Go dad ahead. joke. That's good. Um, but okay, we'll start with these five. The first one is employee burnout. Um, so I mentioned this briefly earlier, but burnout is that state of just emotional, mental, or maybe even physical exhaustion. Um, it's usually because of repeated stress at work or problems that just keep happening over and over. Um, so obviously we want our employees to thrive and we want to have a gauge on their well-being. So things to track here, overtime hours. So it's important to know when your employees are exceeding their scheduled work hours because that can add up for sure in the long run and exhaust employees. Um, then you've got your long work streaks. So if there's consecutive days that an employee is working longer than the maximum limit set by your policies, so it could be five days in a row that you're working overtime. Um, and then the digital day length. So the amount of time an employee spends in their digital workspace throughout the day because We've talked about things like tech fatigue and Zoom fatigue. When people are just looking at their screen all day, that can definitely take a toll on them. Agreed. And the thing with burnout, especially with remote or hybrid employees, is if you are not having regular conversations with those people, it's going to happen without you noticing. So mm -hmm. again, another call uh, for regular one-on-ones and having true authentic conversations with your team members, making sure they're in a good spot. Uh, the next is productivity. Uh, so these are kind of fun. Um, you know, productivity from just a mathematical perspective, you can take it a couple of different ways. Go revenue per employee, uh, which is just a fun little calculator exercise. Uh, you can identify uh, your high performers, what percentage of your total workforce is considered a high performer. Uh, and then again, the average time to productivity. Uh, what is that onboarding ramp time for new people? Uh, a call back to employee engagement. Engaged employees are 21% more productive than disengaged employees. And... Highly engaged employees experience a 41% reduction in absenteeism. They show up to work because they love it. 59% less turnover. They love their job. They're not leaving. And 28% less internal theft. They love the company they work for. <laughs> They're not going to steal your stuff. That's great. Isn't that just awesome? <laughs> it's just dandy. Uh, another reason to get your employees engaged. I love it. Um, our next advanced metric here is succession planning. Um, so... It is important to have a plan in place when you know that one of your key positions is about to be empty. That could be someone retiring. It could be someone getting a new job and giving you like a month or a couple months heads up. But I think it's important to also note that this could happen at any time with no warning. People are just going to quit sometimes 
no matter how many years they've been with your company. So a good rule of thumb is to have replacements ready for 90% of your key positions. And I don't think that's necessarily needs to be so black and white, but I think it's at least having an idea of someone you'd move internally um, into that role if that person were to quit. So it's important to not only keep track of how many of your positions are soon going to be empty um, so that you can start planning, but also just to have kind of these, I don't know, emergency plans in place for other important positions as well. Mm -hmm. Plan for the worst. Uh, Next, manager effectiveness. I love this. Um, So each manager can have an engagement score uh, that can be measured in 360 reviews that can also be measured in uh, internal NPS scores. Uh, and how that individual is performing both as a team leader cross-functionally and then as a team leader direct uh, to their employees. Uh, The high performer resignation rate, oh my goodness, so great. Uh, Are there trends in your company where high performers are leaving a certain team more often than other teams? Is it the manager? Question mark. And then how many promotions or actions, um, if in a similar vein but opposite, if you have a manager whose team consistently has team members that are up for promotions and moving along, that is a signal that that manager is effective at growing talent um, and should be, first of all, recognized for that, um, but then also considered when building up other teams around uh, that individual. Also might be a good idea to take those high performers uh, and put them under this leader uh, as they're more effective at developing their potential rather than, you know, leaving the organization. Uh, last one here, I'll, I'll just plow us through rehiring trends. Um, so boomerangs, uh, I think what's really interesting in the great resignation, and I think we're still um, seeing some of this play out is the amount of boomerang uh, rehires that people left mm-hmm. either during the pandemic or 2021 uh, with the uh, return to the office uh, that people left the companies they were with for likely a long period of time tried to see if the grass was greener, went to this new organization, figured out that that was not what it is that they were looking for, was too much effort to get onboarded, could not establish the connections that, that they had previously, so they're coming back, right? Boomeranged right back. Exactly. That's Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the things to look out here, what is uh, the rehire rate? So the percentage of new hires that are former employees, what's the quality uh, of those rehires? Um, so what does their 90-day review look like? Uh, And then how does that compare to non-rehires? So are they ramping quicker, better, quicker to performance in production? And then again, overall time to productivity. It feels like um, a lot of industries, this is a a really key metric uh, in time to productivity. How solid is that onboarding and training program to get that new person ready to contribute in a meaningful way? So there you go. Mm -hmm. 10 key metrics with like five or six sub bullets (laughs) and five bonus metrics. Uh, A lot of things. Listen to this again, maybe get a notepad uh, and write down all the things, um, especially those that are of interest to you. Uh, Pick like two or three of them. Like, that sounds interesting. Let's try to dig into that so that you're better informed for the conversations when it comes to total ROI for the business. But then also you have a a better sense of uh, what the people in your organization are doing. For sure. I do have one final question for you. Have you ever successfully thrown a boomerang and had it come back to you? I have. You have? Yeah. I don't don't think I ever have. Interesting. Maybe I've just had some... A bum boomerangs. I don't know. I'll say that it's uh, it runs on my family. Uh, so my dad was is well. I guess a couple of weeks ago. I haven't checked in a while. He was the number one rated amateur disc golfer. Oh wow! In the country. That's amazing. So he he knows all the angles. So yeah, I've <laughs> thrown a, awesome. I've successfully thrown a boomerang. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks, right. Neely. Thanks, Kaylee. Thanks for joining us today, and special thanks to the Fracture and Jay Matthews for their original music. 
Stay tuned for more episodes coming out every week that will touch on the topics that are important to HR and people leaders like you. If you have any recommendations or feedback, or if you are looking to partner on creating a more engaging recognition program, you can contact us at podcast at And as always, thank you. Thank you.